Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is the 415ers podcast coming at you three times a week on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game. Uh, you can follow us on social at 415ers. You can follow me on social at eGettings10. Follow Mark on social at Mark Randy. Mark with a C, Randy with an I. Well, Mark, you kind of led into the next part, which is for this game, we're looking at maybe something that the Niners haven't had to concern themselves with over the past few weeks, but it is injuries. Now, they will get, hopefully, Eric Armstead back this weekend. As we've discussed over previous episodes, that is a huge boost to the running game, although maybe doesn't factor as much against a more pass-heavy uh, Miami group. They do like to run the football, but it's, of course, pass-first, uh, second-best passing attack in the NFL. But something that, that kind of caught my eye, I mean, we are talking about how Christian McCaffrey's knee irritation against New Orleans might have carried in the into this week. He was a he was a practice participant on Wednesday, uh, who was not noticed on the practice field was Debo Samuel, which was kind of a, a flip flop. Like I, I felt like coming out of the Saints game, Debo was more uh, healthy, even though he had the quad contusion. Left came back. McCaffrey did the same with the knee irritation. Uh, but were you at all surprised to see Debo Samuel not on the practice field in the middle of the week? And do, do you expect him to kind of? fight through that and be out there on Sunday. I was a little surprised not to see him at all. I was expecting, you know, maybe a, a limited practice. I, I do also think we're getting to the point of the season. And this is also, I think, kind of what I alluded to earlier in the week about McCaffrey, where you might see some load management from your stars, um, specifically for the 49ers and, you know, players who are going to be running the ball. Because without Elijah Mitchell now for likely the rest of the regular season it's, it's not a uh, not a sure thing he will miss at least four games because he at, he is back on IR again but the timeline for the injury is six to eight weeks and we're what now in week 13 so we're, we're getting pretty you know close to, towards the end of the regular season um I, I think we will see some load management not necessarily in game always but just from a practice standpoint trying to keep your stars as fresh as possible um I think it's a little concerning that Debo Samuel didn't practice at all. However, I'm still confident that he's going to play. And what this means to me, maybe more than anything else, is the Niners are planning on using Debo Samuel in the backfield more than they have the entire year. With Elijah Mitchell out, of course, we've heard a lot about you know Tyrion Davis-Price, TDP, along with Jordan Mason, 
Mason looked pretty good, you know, in, in mop-up role towards the end of that Saints game last week. But you still have Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel, two very quality runners of the football that you can give the ball off to. And I think along with Christian McCaffrey's knee irritation, which he did come out and say to the media in the locker room uh, on Thursday, I'm playing. Don't worry about it. I dodged a bullet with my knee irritation. It's not as bad as it could have been, but I'm going to play against the Dolphins. That's good news. But even still with that, I think we won't see Shanahan give McCaffrey 20 carries. I think it probably means an uptick for touches for Debo Samuel. And maybe that's why he's getting fewer practice reps this week, because Shanahan knows he's going to ask him to do more actually in the game on Sunday. No, that, that is a good point. And I do think also where the conversation we had earlier about who's which which team this game is more important to, uh, Shanahan could be tipping his hand a bit with how he's handling these guys, uh, the amount of touches they get, the amount of yeah. snaps they get when it comes to McCaffrey, along with Debo, especially because, look, obviously you'd love to win every single game, but you're back in first place in the division. That is the goal right now. You want to have a home playoff game. You want to make sure, most importantly, you have all of your pieces healthy for a potential home playoff game. So that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, on the Dolphins' side, really, really, the only thing that stood out to me, Mark, was uh, Taron Armstead. Speaking of Armsteads, <laughs> uh, their left tackle not practicing earlier this week, not on Wednesday. And, of course, that's a position that uh, Nick Bosa, I'm sure, is very uh interested in who's he who he's going to be facing against this week their backup is brendan shell greg little third stringer i know austin jackson on that side as well as robert jones um we're we're dealing with some injuries as well but taron armstead someone to keep an eye on right now he's currently listed as doubtful for sunday so that could be also an area where the 49ers have an advantage up front trying to get some pressure on tua who i'm sure is going to want to get the ball out quick to his options on the outside and Tyreek Hill, uh, as well as Jalen Waddle, I, I think that for me right now, look, I, it, I don't, I don't believe the Dolphins' offensive line has been incredible this year. Uh, Tua has been sacked a fair amount, um, but that is is something I guess probably the most impactful potential injury that Miami would be dealing with in my eyes. Yeah, um, I mean, you mentioned Taron Armstead. You also brought up Austin Jackson. He did not practice as well on Thursday. So two offensive linemen, two starting offensive linemen that did not practice. That's something to keep an eye on. Interestingly enough, I know we talk about kind of keys to games every week, Evan. For me, I don't think it's necessarily about pressuring to a tag of Iloa, at least not in the sense as it, as it normally is. I don't think this is a game in which we'll see D'Amico Ryan's blitz to uh, all that often because, you know, we, we talked about, you know, earlier in the earlier segment uh, to attack of Iloa tends to throw the ball to that intermediate middle third of the field. What that also means is he gets it out quick. He's not, you know, waiting, you know, dropping back seven, you know, seven step drop and throwing the ball 30 yards down the field. It happens sometimes, but not all that often. The vast majority of two attack of Iloa's, you know, pass attempts, get out of his hand really quickly. And the result is then that it kind of nullifies the pass rush because even if you're able to get pressure and specifically, if you're bringing a blitz, it's almost what the dolphins want because they know they're getting the ball out so quick that, you know, 
having pressure on a quarterback might not even matter that much unless you just have a free rusher, you know, off the edge that wasn't accounted for. And then maybe you can force an incompletion or, or if you're super quick and the defense does well, you know, in the middle of the field, the secondary, that is, maybe you get a sack. But the Dolphins almost invite pressure because it opens up so much more of the field. They already have it opened up because of their speed. And if Tua can get it out quick enough, which he's been elite at this year, then you suddenly have a gigantic advantage offensively beyond the line of scrimmage because the defense has so many bodies going after the quarterback. The ball is already out of the quarterback's hands. And guess what? Tyree Kill has blockers and has a great chance to get to the end zone on a simple cross 15 yards down the middle of the field. So interestingly enough, I don't think this is a game for Nick Bosa to rack up sacks. I think this is a game where you do not see many blitzes from the 49ers, and it comes down to can they cover the middle part of the field enough to make Tua Tagovailoa uncomfortable on those quick releases, then he holds on to the ball, the offense is out of rhythm, and you never know what happens after that, and that's when the singular greatness of Nick Bosa comes in. Can he win his one-on-one matchup? Can he beat a double team? Can Eric Armstead come through the middle and make Tua uncomfortable? I think that's where this game is won, not by blitzing, but by covering just long enough in the middle of the field to make Tua uncomfortable and see what happens after that. It's kind of a a weird situation because it kind of goes against most other weeks where you want to get to the quarterback and sack them. I don't think this is a week for that for the 49ers. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus I think the answer to the first two questions you had concerning Bosa are yes. Uh, I think the last question concerning Armstead will be dependent on how healthy he is uh, coming off his injury. We shall see, though, of course. Uh, I also do think, look, I, I, I know it sounds crazy that you're going into a game with the Niners offense right now who's average, who's allowing about 15 points per game or maybe 16. They're number one in the NFL. I expect Miami to put up points. Like I, I think they're going to score. Like that, that is not something. And if they don't, I will look at this Niners defense in the historic conversation that I think a lot of people have, in my opinion, prematurely put them in uh, with some of the defenses of of yesteryears. I, I expect Tua to put up points. I expect this Dolphins offense to score. My question is, can the 49ers maintain the pace? And can Jimmy Garoppolo? Against not a great defense on the other side, passing defense, Miami Dolphins are number 22. They give up yards in the secondary, even with some formerly 
top tier corners uh, on the outside, Xavier Howard being one of them. But I'm looking at Jimmy Garoppolo like like th- this is a game where I, I do think a lot of fans are looking at and saying, is this going to be a here we go again with Jimmy G? You know, is this going to be a preview of a potential playoff matchup where we need a quarterback to sling the ball down the field? You know, maybe not deep, but like but to be able to move the ball, to be able to throw, to be able to consecutively put together drives that complement the run with the pass and that are managed by Jimmy G in a way that is good enough to put up 24 to 28 points. To me, that's the range that this offense has to get to to be able to keep the pace with Miami. And that's what I am worried about more so than anything, Mark. So with that said, going into into predictions, um, to me, this is a game that is going to be very close. I do think the Niners will win. I do not think the Niners will cover as maybe strange as that sounds to some people. The line is three and a half. The total is 46 and a half. I think the Niners win. It's going to be, I think, 27-24. The over hits at Levi's Stadium. But then again, these two teams have been very difficult to, on, on both sides, both the Niners and the Dolphins, have been very difficult to predict when it comes to covering. I think the Niners are 6-5 and five against the spread. The Dolphins are 7-4. and four. Four compared to their eight and three record. Uh, the under has hit the majority of the Niners times. Uh, the under surprisingly hit a lot against the Miami Dolphins because they've jacked up that total a lot. But I see a Niners win on Sunday, 27-24 against the Dolphins. I'll get to my uh, pick in a second. Before I do, I do have a, a stat to read off. So this is the fourth meeting in NFL history between a team that has scored at least 30 points in their past four games and a team that has allowed 16 or fewer points in their past four games. So essentially a a clash of the Titans, a fantastic offense against a fantastic defense. Both are playing kind of at their peak when they meet. The last time it happened, Niners were also involved in it, but they were the team that had scored 30 or more in four straight games. That was back in 2013 against the Carolina Panthers, the Luke Keekley-led Panthers, who had a fantastic defense. Oddly enough, that game ended 10 to 9 in favor of Carolina. The other two times it happened, unders hit as well. In fact, the previous three times uh, a matchup like this has happened, defenses have tended to win the day. 80 points scored in total in the past three games where you have an offense and a defense like this for an average of about 26 and a half points in total per game in those games. All that said, I, I like the over in this game as well. I'm going, <laughs> I'm going against the trend. I mean, some of these games are in like, one of them is in the 40s. Another one's hey, in the we 70s. we zig when they zag, Mark. Exactly. Come on. I'm going against the trend. I like the over. I like the Niners, but they don't cover. I'm going even higher than you. In fact, I think this is a barn burner. I think both offenses put up points. I think we see Kyle Shanahan try his best to show out for his protege, trying to put him in his place a little bit. Niners 31. Dolphins 30. They squeak it out in the final minutes. Niners win by a point. Well, I hope that that's the case because that means it'll be a very entertaining 
afternoon slate of football for 49ers fans. And whether it's low scoring, whether it's high scoring, I think it is going to be a very interesting matchup and one that I, I do believe no matter what happens, it could be a blowout in favor of Miami. It could be a blowout in favor of San Francisco. We are going to be referencing this game come week one of the playoffs, no matter what happens. Because again, this is going to be, in, in I think our opinions, the greatest test for the 49ers in the regular season. Yeah, and hey, you don't want to get too ahead of yourselves. But all I'm saying is there's there's a non-zero chance that this is a Super Bowl preview. It's possible. It's possible. It, hey, Kevin Garnett, anything, <laughs> anything is, is possible. possible. <laughs> That's true. Hey, I wouldn't be mad at that. That means the 49ers will be playing in the Super Bowl. Uh, but, of course, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves for now. All we wanted to do is thank you for tuning in to the 415ers podcast. We'll be coming at you with hopefully an electric episode, a reaction episode, hopefully a victory reaction episode on Monday for the 49ers. They take on the Dolphins, a 105 kick from Levi's Stadium. Five wins in a row for Miami, four wins in a row for the Niners, eight and three for the Dolphins, seven and four for the 49ers. Uh, It should be a fun matchup that I am looking forward to, Mark, and I'm sure you are as well. Me too, Evan. Should be a great week. We got USA World Cup on Saturday morning. We got football. all, the, And it's also uh, College Football Championship Saturday, yeah. by the way. That's going to yeah. be great. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we got, uh, you know, of course, football on Friday, capped off in the afternoon by a, a great Niners-Dolphins matchup. So a great weekend of sports. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, at least we don't have to look forward to Mark uh, gloating about an Oregon win this weekend. Hey, Eric Armstead is back. That's all I need. That's an Oregon win right there, folks. <laughs> and in the meantime, we will talk to you on Monday. Thank you so much for tuning into the 415ers podcast. We appreciate you. We'll talk to you next time.